is. And that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. That's what we've been doing here today. Amen. And so he has a word. He doesn't, he didn't get you here and bring you this far to just leave you hanging. I know it's just Brother Demuth, but God has a word for you today. All right. All right. Praise God. Let's turn in our Bibles this morning. Hallelujah. The book of Luke chapter four. Verse 33 through 36. Luke 4, 33 through 36. God has a word for you today. Hallelujah. Amen. If you're there, say amen. Amen. If you're not there, just look up. Right here on the board. Amen. So, and it says this, and in the synagogue, there was a man. I say a man, just a man, just some guy in the synagogue. Somebody was there for worship. He was a man in the synagogue, right? Which had a spirit of an unclean devil. I don't know if there's such a thing as a clean devil. He had a spirit of an unclean devil and cried out with a loud voice saying, let us alone. What have we to do with thee? Thou Jesus of Nazareth, art thou come to destroy us? I know thee. He goes from us to I. So which is it? There's more than one of them probably, right? I know thee who thou art, the Holy One of God. And Jesus rebuked him. It doesn't say he raised his voice. It just says he rebuked him. He didn't scream and holler. He just rebuked him. And he's saying, hold thy peace and come out of him. You don't have to scream at the devil when you got the power. You just tell him, get out. Come out of him. And when the devil had thrown him in the midst, he came out of him and hurt him not. And they were all amazed and spake among themselves, saying, what a word is this? For with authority and power, by say authority and power... He commandeth the unclean spirits, and they come out. Jesus' name. You can be seated this morning. Amen. What have we to do with thee? Now, Brother Demuth, where did you come up with a title like that? Well, i got to give credit where credit is due. It came from God. Because I was just driving down the road, Sister Bell, just minding my own business and waiting on God, and he just spoke this into my mind. And then he spoke it again. So I went, hmm, that's not me. That's him. Okay. And I just felt impressed. He said, go with this. I said, okay, you, you're in charge. And so this is where he took me. And so God is, God has a place he wants to go today. It might not make any sense to you right now. It didn't to me when he spoke it to me. Because in my in my flesh, in my mind, I wanted to say, that's not a very good title, God. But he had a plan in, in mind. And he knew who would be here today, coronavirus or no coronavirus, or who would be listening on the Internet. And so God knows who he's ministering to. Right? And so Jesus was known for doing this early in his ministry. Matter of fact, if we could go to Luke chapter 2, verse 47, 
through 52. Luke, 40, Luke 2, 47 to 52. Luke 2, 47 to 52. And it says, And all that heard him were astonished at his understanding and answers. Go ahead. And when they saw him, they were amazed. And his mother said unto him, Son, why hast thou thus dealt with us? Behold, thy father and I have sought thee sorrowing. You all know where this story is, right? And he said unto them, How is it that ye sought me? Wist ye not? This is a really important scripture right here. Wist ye not that I must be about my father's business? Next scripture. And they understood not the saying which he spake unto them. Some things are only spiritually discerned, the Bible says, right? He was speaking spiritually. They were listening naturally. And they understood not the saying which he spake unto them. Go ahead to the next scripture. Go to 52. And when, and he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was subject unto them, but his mother kept all these things in her heart. And Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and with man. And after that scripture right there, we don't hear anything else about Jesus until the day that he locked the door of his father's shop for the last time and he headed for that that water where John was because he was getting ready to launch his ministry. And so he went down into that water and he knew Because he said, he made that statement at 12 years old. I must be about my father's business. And I think my personal opinion is, is that Jesus was getting a little bit ahead of things. He was kind of like, you might say, itching to get involved in his father's business. But what does the scripture say? That he went down with them and he submitted himself to his mom and dad. And then you don't hear about him again until he's 30 years old. But God was working on him. God had a plan, and, and Jesus wasn't going to usurp that plan. He wanted to. He, he couldn't wait. He, he, had to, he felt like he had to go there and speak to those men in that, in that temple. But, but God had a plan. And so here comes Jesus, and he walks down into the water, and you know the story. John, John the Baptist baptizes him, and, and the, the Spirit as a dove falls down upon him, and, and, he, and he began, that's the beginning, that's the launch of his ministry. Right, And so this, where we were reading in Luke, is kind of, he comes out of that that water and he, he begins to walk and, and start his ministry. And where does he go immediately? Well, yeah, he went right into the wilderness. Right, to be tried, to be tempted. Why? Why, why did he, that's a whole nother lesson, but why would he have to go through that? I mean, if you think about it, all the things that the devil put him through had to do with really three things that, that the scripture talks about, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, right? And the devil tried to get him to usurp his own father's will, because it wasn't the will of the father for him to take to, to be in charge of all these things just yet. That was coming, and so the devil try to get him to usurp his father's will. And so then after he came out of the wilderness, it said that he, when he returned from the wilderness, he returned in the power, that's right, in the power of the Spirit. 
He had the Spirit, but he returned from the wilderness, from his tempting, his trying and testing, and his refusing to listen to the entreaties of the devil. He returned in the power of the Spirit. So there's, I guess to me, there's one thing about having the Spirit and having the power and operating in the power of the Spirit. And so he walked into the synagogue, as Pastor already alluded to. He walked into church. He went right to church you might say. And so uh, that word synagogue just kind of just stuck in my head. So I I just had to look it up and I I had to understand what really a synagogue was. Not what I understand it to be today, but what was it back then? And so in the Complete Word Study Bible Dictionary, it says synagogue services included prayers, the reading of Scripture, and usually a sermon explaining the Scripture. The chief administrative officer was the synagogue ruler who was assisted by his executive officer who handled the details of the synagogue service. Lay people were allowed to participate in the services, especially in the reading of prayers and scripture. Visiting sages could be invited to provide the sermon. Synagogues were attended by both men and women as well as God-fearing Gentiles who were committed to learning about more about the God of the Jews. So you could say that synagogues were Jewish places of worship. And the, the, the reading that I did said that it appears that they were introduced right after the Babylonian exile. Actually, during the Babylonian exile, because the Jews were used to going to the temple and bringing their sacrifices and all that. And so while they were in exile, apparently those, those that were in charge while they were in exile built them these these places to go so that they could exercise their religion, right? And so this is kind of the scenario where Jesus walked into. And so it sounds to me like anyway that really just about anybody was allowed in there, right? And so there was this man. There was a man which had a spirit of an unclean devil. And Before Jesus walked in there, I got a question for you. What were they just doing? Just putting up with this guy? Because, yeah, evidently he was there more than once. Because nobody, it didn't seem like anybody was making a big deal about this guy. And Jesus walks in the room. And since he had just launched his ministry, I don't know that anybody really knew who he was. You you think that anybody really knew they might have a few of them might have known, but he you know if you read the New Testament, a lot of places they they would say things like isn't isn't this the that that the carpenter's son from Galilee or something? They really didn't know him, and, and these were the the religious Jews. They they were supposed to be the smart and intelligent ones, and they knew the scriptures and they knew they knew all the prophecies, but yet they didn't know who Jesus was. So he was just another parishioner, if you will, just walked into the service that day and and never introduced himself and said, hi, everybody, I'm Jesus. I'm, I'm here to launch my ministry. He didn't. He just walked in and the only person, I'll use that word, that recognized who he was, was the spirit that was in that man. And that spirit I mean, he he was shaking in his boots because he knew who Jesus was. 
Because he asked him a question. Are you here? Is it our time already? I'm sure it's not time yet. What are you doing here? And what did Jesus say? Shut up. Come out of him. And, I mean, people in that room, there, and who knows, some of the disciples could have been in that room. But people in that room were astounded. It says they were. At the way that he spoke with authority, and he just, he didn't yell, he didn't holler, he didn't scream, he just spoke to it. He said, come out of him. And, and you're done. Shut up. Right? And I know that sounds a little everyday talk, but I'm trying to get the point across, and I believe the Lord is, is that, that he, it says here that, that they recognize that with authority and power, he commanded the unclean spirit. With what authority and power did he command the unclean spirit? It was an authority and a power they didn't understand or comprehend. But I'm going to tell you something. Jesus understood who he was, and he understood whose he was. And he knew by whose authority he was doing this. Right? He wasn't exercising his own authority, was he? Because it wasn't by his own authority, the Spirit of Almighty God dwelling in him, because he was 100% man. He was flesh just like me and you. And so these religious Jews, they just, they, they couldn't understand how did he just do this? And as I already said, it doesn't appear that anybody even tried to help this guy. They were just putting up with a demonic, a spirit, demonically spirit-filled person in the, in the church. And so they were just kind of writing him off and just kind of keeping him over in the corner or something like that. And Jesus, you know, he didn't lay hands on him. He just spoke to that thing. He did exactly what his father told him to do. John chapter 5, verse 19, and then I'm going to skip to verse 30, just those two scriptures. John chapter 5, verse 19 says, Then answered Jesus and said unto them, Verily I say unto you, this is where his authority was coming from, the son can do nothing of himself. I can't do anything of my own authority, of my own will, just because I want to. But what he seeth the Father do. For what things soever he doeth, these also doeth the Son likewise. And then in verse 30 it says, this is Jesus speaking, I can of mine own self do nothing. What a profound statement by the, our Lord and Savior. He can, I can of my own self do nothing. As I hear, I judge. And my judgment is just because I seek not my own will. That wouldn't be the last time Jesus would make a statement like that. Didn't he say something like that right before he went to the cross? Not my will, Father, but your will be done. But the will of the Father which hath sent me. 
John 15 and 5 says, for what without me you can do nothing. Right? So we can't do anything without him. He couldn't even do anything on his own when he walked on this earth. He depended upon his father to direct and guide him. So whatever he did, he was being directed of the father to do it. And I just believe that he was being directed that day to walk into that synagogue. in that, And it was in the town where he grew up. And that... Before he did anything else, before he healed anybody, before he did good deeds, he God sent him there to help that man and to show the power of God to these people. Amen? Matthew 23, verse 1 through 7. Matthew 23, verse 1 through 7. Then spake Jesus unto the multitude and to his, and to his disciples. They added that in there. He spoke to the multitude, and he. this was in also for his disciples, saying, The scribes and the Pharisees sit in Moses' seat, and therefore whatsoever they bid you observe, that observe and do. But do not ye after their works, for they say and do not. What was he saying? These guys, these these religious spiritual leaders, these scribes and Pharisees are doing their own thing. So don't do what they do. Observe the things they tell you to do, but don't do as they do. For they bind heavy burdens and grievous to be borne, and lay them on men's shoulders, but they themselves will not move them with one of their fingers. They wouldn't lift a finger to help that man that had that devil. Right? But all the works, all their works they do, for to be seen of men, for they may they make broad their phylacteries and enlarge the borders of their garments, and love the uppermost rooms at feasts, and chief seats in the synagogues, and greetings in the markets, and to be called man, called of men, Rabbi, Rabbi. They like they like the the upper crust to be upper crust they like to be special and important and and they like to be seen of men but they he says here they don't they don't do a thing really to promote the men, the, the gospel of Jesus Christ they're just in it for themselves this is how i'm reading it and this is why i think Jesus is trying to get across and that those burdens that he talked about those heavy burdens this is the burden of ceremonial observances rigorously exacted and increased by human traditions otherwise known as judaism where did judaism come from it came from back there when they were in in exile and what what was judaism it was a lot of other stuff that was added into the original things that Moses had intended for them to do and when they when they got into bondage when they got into exile they they started picking up little things here and there and they started adding their own little input and their own little rules into things and that's where Judaism basically came from in a nutshell it's a lot deeper than that but that's kind of the root of Judaism and so it's it talks about it denotes severe precepts moral bondage for example the mosaic law they lost sight of the true purpose and meaning of their role as spiritual leaders, and they started implementing their own rules. And so men were following rules that men had created. And so they, they totally 
they became enforcers of the of their own rules and laws and that's those heavy burdens and many of which had little or any resemblance to the original and so they were exercising authority that they really didn't have it was human authority over men and and so this authority that Jesus had came straight from the father They were bent on their own way, and he was bent on doing his Father's will. So, has anybody in this room ever heard about the blind leading the blind? Right? They both fall into the ditch. So, who are those blind that are leading the blind? Those are those blind Jews. What does the Bible say in one place that whenever the the scriptures of Isaiah, I believe it says, are read, that, that there's scales on their eyes they they still can't they don't get it they don't get who jesus is and so those are the blind ones that are leading who are the other blind ones that's me and you you know satan has us blinded at his will he had them blinded in that day at his will and so in matthew eleven thirty, jesus speaks of his yoke being easy you don't have to go there and his burden being light isn't that a kind of a contrary thing, the opposite of what the, the religious Jews were offering? And that's why he told them that. So the further away from the original that Israel got, the, the more likely they were to find themselves getting involved in things that had nothing to do with God's will and plan. And so this all goes back to, to this title that, that the Lord gave me about what have we to do with thee? Because it's all about recognizing who Jesus is. It's all about recognizing his authority, his power. That's where this is going. And so Jesus was setting the example for the 12 and many others that were watching him that day. We talk about how the people of this world are watching us. And they are watching us. And are we professing what we're possessing? Amen. You know, the Apostle Paul made this statement. He said, follow me as I follow Christ. Or words to that effect, right? That's what he said. Because Jesus Christ was his example. Jesus Christ was the one that came to him on that road. Jesus Christ was the one that blinded him for three days. Jesus Christ was the one that sent Ananias to baptize him. And Jesus Christ, he admitted, acknowledges throughout Scripture that, that the calling that he had on his life was not his, but it was the Lord, the calling that the Lord gave me. And so Paul acknowledges from the very beginning that whatever he's doing is because God is directing him to say whatever he needs to say, do whatever he needs to do, go wherever he needs to go. Does everybody believe that? Paul wasn't making up his own agenda. He didn't create his own itinerary and say, I think I'll go here and I think I'll go there. Paul was just following the lead. We call it today following the Holy Ghost. Letting the Holy Ghost lead him and guide him and direct him. That's exactly what Paul was doing. And in Acts 19, verse 11 through 16, it says, And God wrought special miracles by the hands of Paul, so that from his body were brought unto the, him unto the sick handkerchiefs and aprons, and the diseases departed from them, and evil spirits went out of them. 
Then certain of the vagabond Jews, exorcists, took upon them to call over them which had evil spirits the name of the Lord Jesus, saying, We adjure you by Jesus whom Paul preacheth. Wow. Talking about taking the name of the Lord in vain. They were really misusing the name of the Lord right there. They had no concept or understanding about what the, the authority and power behind the name of Jesus. They were just throwing it out there because they heard somebody else doing it. And there were seven sons one of one Sceva, a Jew, and chief of the priests. Isn't that interesting? <laughs> he was a chief of the priests. He wasn't just some guy. And you think they would have known better. Which did so, and the evil spirit answered. Here we go again, these evil spirits. They're not dumb. What did they say? Jesus I know, and Paul I know, but who are you? That wasn't a, that who are you wasn't a, I've never met you before. What's your name? Nice to meet you. That's not what he, that's not what he meant by that. He was speaking spiritually. I recognize the authority of Jesus. <laughs> I recognize the authority of Paul because whose authority was Paul using? Authority, power of the Holy Ghost, right? Power of Jesus. So <laughs> when he said, who are you? He's like, what authority are you? I hear you saying the name of Jesus, but I don't feel any authority behind it. <laughs> what you're saying has no effect on me. That's what the demon was saying. <laughs> and the man whom the evil spirit was leapt on them, overcame them, and prevailed against them, so that they fled out of that house naked and wounded. <laughs> I'm not afraid of the devil, and I'm not a devil chaser, but we need to understand who we're dealing with. And they did not understand who it was they were dealing with. And they got run out of their own house, naked and wounded. How many believe that really happened? That really happened. So we better have, we better know whose authority it is we're flinging around and using. We're not just, just inadvertently using the name of Jesus because it sounds good. We better have some authority. Where did Jesus when did Jesus have authority? When did he, when, when, when did he, going back to the scripture we read, when, when did he have that, when, when, when was the authority apparent in his life? The Bible says, Brother Wayne already said it, he left that wilderness place in the power of the Holy Ghost. Right? So we gotta operate in the power of the Holy Ghost. If we're going to have any effect on this world, does that make sense to anybody? Matthew seven fifteen through 23 says, Beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing. Look like, act like, and appear as if they're one of us. Right? But inwardly they are ravening wolves. Ye shall know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes of thorns or figs of thistles? Even so, every good tree and every... Every good tree bringeth forth good fruit, but every but a corrupt tree bringeth forth evil fruit. A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit, neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. Every tree that bringeth forth not forth 
good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire, wherefore by your fruits ye shall know them. Amen. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he that doeth the will, here we go again, here, he that doeth the will of my Father, which is in heaven, is it really important that we are doing the will of the Father and not our own will? Is it, you think that's important? Because he keeps bringing that up. Many shall, many will say, to me in that day, what day? That day, that day, that day. You know, that day, that day. Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name, and in thy name have cast out devils, and in thy name done many many wonderful works? I think they're speaking, if I didn't know any better, when I'm reading this, I would think that this is talking about Holy Ghost-filled, water-baptized people, wouldn't you? That are, that are operating in the Holy Ghost. They are. They, they, they've done it. They're not just talking about it. They've done it. They've prophesied in his name. They've cast out devils in his name. They've done many wonderful miracles, signs, and wonders, and works in his name. And then will I profess unto them, Wow, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. Well, what's iniquity? If you go back up to verse 21, it says, Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. So doing the will of the Father which is in heaven is what we're supposed to be doing, right? 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 So if if he's saying to people that are supposed to be his people, that are supposed that are operating in his spirit, depart from me, I never knew you. I didn't never had a, a right relationship with you, a true and sincere relationship with you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity, so that to me that iniquity must be not doing the will of the Father. Does that make sense? So I don't know about you, but I I want to be like Jesus. I want to do like Paul said, and I want to follow Paul as he followed Christ. I want to be like Jesus. I want to do what Jesus did. And Jesus followed the will of his Father. Ezekiel 28 and 15 says, Thou wast perfect in thy ways from, from the day that thou wast created. It's talking about Satan right here. And then it says this, Till iniquity was found in thee. Wow. It's pretty powerful. And he's already, pastor's already talked about it. What, what did the devil do? He tried to usurp God's authority and make it his own. He wanted to make some decisions. He didn't want God to make all the decisions. Right? It's hard. We like making this, our own decisions, right? Especially men. We like being in charge. We like making our own decisions. God put that in us. Didn't he? He made us like that. Because we there was a day we all had to make a decision, wasn't there? At an altar of repentance? I don't, I don't know about any of you all. He, nobody ever made me get saved. I had to decide that I wanted to do this. 
He gave me that blessing of choice. And so we like making our own decisions, but, you know, he told Jesus. He didn't answer Jesus when Jesus prayed on on that mountain. He just left him. He was silent. (laughs) What did Jesus say? Nevertheless, not as I will, as you will. Acts 1 and 8 says what? Somebody quote it. Acts 1 and 8. Holy Ghost has come upon you, right? And you shall receive power. He told us that we would receive power to be witnesses. Did we receive power? Did we receive authority? You know, the Bible says that all power and authority in heaven and earth is given unto him. In whom, you know, in whom we believe. So if we have received Christ into our life by the power of the Holy Ghost and God coming in to dwell inside of us, don't, doesn't that make sense that we have received the authority and power that comes with that? And so we are expected to exercise that authority and that power and to not be timid. Bible uses another word, but that's what it means. Timid. We're not supposed to be timid about it. Jesus wasn't timid about addressing this spirit that recognized him. Because it wasn't time for the spirit to start announcing who he was yet. So that's why I think he told him, shut up. And come out of him. And so we have authority and power that he has delegated to us. Luke 10, 17 through 19 says, And the seventy returned with, again with joy, saying, Lord, even the devils are subject unto us through thy name. And he said unto them, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. Verse 19, Behold, I give unto you power. That word power there is the word exousia, which means delegated influence, authority, or jurisdiction. I give unto you Delegated influence, authority, and jurisdiction in my name to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power, the supernatural ability of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Does that sound like he's telling us that we've got the same power he had? Isn't there a song that says the same power that dwelt in him lives in me? That same power lives in me, not just me, not just him, not just her. Everybody in this room, everybody that's filled with the Holy Ghost has that same power. To cast out devils, to heal the sick, to raise the dead, to do all these things. Every one of us wants to be assured that Jesus knows who we are and that he is invested in our our livelihood, and in, in us as fellow laborers, don't we? We want to know that Jesus knows who we are. We want to know that we have an approved relationship with him, don't we? I want the Lord to know who I am. But i got a question for you. Do, do you want the devil to know who you are? I do. I want him to know. I want him to fear me. Right? 
not, not every morning, but a lot of mornings when I wake up and put my feet on the floor, I, I kind of remind the devil, I'm up. <laughs> Life's not going to be good for you today. Because I have to know in whom I have believed, and I have to trust that what he's put in me is not just there for me to walk around and say, I got the Holy Ghost, I got the... No. It's not what it's for. Right? He gave it to us to use it for his glory. You know, Paul said, he was recounting his 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 Damascus Road thing and in the book of Acts chapter 26, and he said, he said that, it was in verse 18, he said it was the reason that God did this to me, the reason that, that he, he knocked me down and blinded me and made me go through all this stuff and made me walk away from being a Pharisee and from persecuting all these Christians, the reason he did this, because it was his calling, his will, his plan, his purpose, the reason he did it was because of this. He sent me, and in verse 18 it says, to open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light. Who's them? Just point outside. Them is out there. That's them. 51,000 people in this city, almost 10,000 in Sparta, several, a few thousand in West Say. I mean, that's them. That's the them he's talking about. Really. To turn them from and to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan unto the power of God. That they may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith that is in me. That's the faith of Jesus Christ, right? And so that's what Paul's calling and ministry was all about. And Paul had to recognize that he had power. We just read about Paul that they took cloths from him and they... They just laid them on people. That's where we get the prayer cloths from. Right? And they were healed. And, and Peter walking, and they, they were just healed in the, in the shadow. In the shadow as he walked. Right? That's authority. That's the power of God operating in somebody's life. And I'm not saying that we're all going to have that kind of ministry, but God has given us a power and authority to operate and, and to, to have the ability to, to hear his voice and to know when he's leading and guiding and directing us. And it's up to us to recognize that we have that authority and to begin to try to operate in it. You know? We were, I was talking with a brother yesterday talking about that the body, you know, the hand, the feet, the ears, and all that. The ear doesn't try to be the foot. Good thing our hands don't try to be our feet. We'd all be walking on our hands. Right? If you're called to be a hand, be a hand. If you're called to be a foot, be a foot. Right? Whatever it is you're called to do, do it. But but he has given us power. You shall receive power, he said. But we got to exercise that power and authority with wisdom. Amen? John 14 and 12 says, Verily I say unto you, He that believeth on me the works that I do, until close. The works that I do, who's, who's speaking? Jesus. Who's he talking to? Well, he's talking to his, his disciples, but he's talking to us. Because we're his disciples, right? 
The works that I do shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do because I go to my Father. Because what did he say? Yeah, I go to my Father, but I won't leave you comfortless. I'll give you, I'll send you the Holy Ghost. I'll send you the Spirit. I'll send you all the power and authority and dominion that is in me for you to use and to operate in the earth because we are his hands and his feet. Think about the body for a minute. What what operates everything in your body? The head, right? This is where the brain is kept. And it, the brain tells everything to move. And your nerves and all that makes your feet. When, you, when, I, when my brain says walk this way, my legs start moving. That's the way it's supposed to work, right? Right? Lift your hand. Do whatever. Speak. And so we are the body. We are here. We are from the neck down part. He's from the neck up part. <laughs> One analogy was said that it was like if you're in a pool and you're up to here in, in water. He's in the heavens, the head's in the heavens, and we're down here in this other realm, right? So we are his body. And so he said we would do greater works. I don't know about you, but I want to do some greater works, whatever those are. I'm not seeking to do works for the sake of doing works, but I want him, I want to know that God trusts me enough to send me into places, into situations where he can use me to operate in the gift of the Holy Ghost to make a difference in somebody's life. Don't you? I mean, really. That's what he called us for. Mark 16 and 17 says, And these signs shall follow them that believe. You've probably heard this before. Signs don't follow believers. Or signs follow believers. Believers don't follow signs. Right? In my name shall they cast out devils. Who's the they? Just insert your name there. Past, present, or future. This is nobody special. Whoever the they is you. It's if God, if you feel God leading you to do that, then He's going to give you the power to do it. Just like Jesus had on that day when He walked into that synagogue. And it's not going to be a bunch of hollering and screaming and all that kind of stuff. He just simply spoke it. You know, like Jesus told us, speak to the mountain. Speak to that tree and tell it to be cast. He didn't say holler at it, scream at it, go over there and, and shake it. He just said speak to it. Right? You don't have to yell. God's not deaf and and his power and authority doesn't need it doesn't need all that. They shall cast out devils, they shall speak with new tongues, they shall take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. That's some power and authority. You think about that for a minute. The God that spoke this world into existence, that told every plant to be and told every piece of wood to be, because we wouldn't be sitting on these pews if it wasn't for God speaking those trees into existence. He's given us that same power. Right? But We hear this scripture a lot in this church. Right? About the tongue, you know, and I think we were talking about it last year in James about the tongue, how the same tongue can come blessing and cursing. Curse we man and bless we God. 
So we got to be careful what we say and how we say it. And remember who it is that we're representing. Would Jesus say that? Would Jesus talk like that? Right? And so today I come to challenge you today. I don't want, I don't want, I don't want to emphasize the devil, but I don't want the devil to look at me and say, um, Jesus I know and Linda I know, but who are you? I want him to know who I am. Because there is, like in this city, there's a prince in this city. There's some demons in this city that need to know who we are. If they don't yet, they need to. Because I'm telling you right now, you're not going to do like those seven sons of Sceva. Right? We're not just going to go out there and start winging the name of Jesus around and expect them to just listen because I know the Bible says that at the mention of his name, the devils must flee, but we got to use some, we got to have some wisdom. We got to recognize that we have to use that name with God's authority behind it. Amen? I don't know about you, but I, you know, I, I sit out and now that it's getting warm out, I can sit out on my porch. <laughs> and it kind of looks like, looks right over the city of Sparta, and I've just started like shooting my prayers that way. And saying, God, there's souls in that city. Somebody asked me the other day, is there a church in Sparta? And I said, yeah. And they said, oh, really? I said, I don't, they're all out there. They just haven't come together. <laughs> there is a church, right? How many believes that? There's a church in, in West Salem. I know we don't have a building or a pastor there, but there's a church in West Salem. Right? Is that true? I mean, we've got to exercise our faith a little bit here. There are souls in that city that are waiting to be reached. And we've got, you know, we've got cities that we haven't reached yet. We've got counties we haven't reached yet. There are souls there that are waiting. And there are devils there that are exercising their authority because they do have authority. We all know that, right? Because he's the prince of the, the God of this world, right? The Bible says, and for, for a time, for a season, because even when Jesus came out of the wilderness, the scripture said that the devil departed from him for a season. So he's not done yet, <laughs> but we don't, you know, he's afraid of us. He needs to be afraid of us. And we need to know that, that we have that power and authority. Let's all stand this morning. I don't, I'll just keep going. <laughs> I think God's gotten the point across. I believe God really, God's really had something for somebody today. He had a word for you today. Whether you came here hungry for that or not, he had a word for you today. I come here hungry every time I walk in this building, every time I walk out the door, every time I wake up, I wake up hungry to know more about God, to know more of him, to, to understand more about him, because I know I don't have all the wisdom. I don't have all of the things, the revelation, all the things that he has for me to know. And, and I haven't reached the place where he can start elevating me and using me. And, and I want to get to that place so fast, but I got to go at God's speed and not my own. Because Jesus couldn't jump ahead of the game at 12 years old. He had to wait. And so God knows what he's doing, doesn't he? But he has given every one of us in this room power. And we need to know that we can operate in that power and that authority. 
according to his will. Let him lead and guide and direct. But God has given us that authority. Let's pray right now as a church that God would give us, you know, in the book of Ephesians, Paul prays this prayer over the people of God. 